that gives them a feeling of pride of what they're doing. They have a relationship with the residents and they feel that they're doing good for the resident and not just serving them a plate of food or you know going to the gym. We're actually making your life better. You're going to live longer, healthier. You're going to enjoy yourself better. And there's a great deal of satisfaction in seeing that and appreciation the residents give back to the staff is uh, really gratifying. Welcome to season six of Bridge the Gap, a podcast dedicated to informing, educating, and influencing the future of housing and services for seniors. Powered by sponsors AccuShield, Inquire, Connected Living, Hamilton Captel, Refera, Service Master, Patriot Angels, The Bridge Group Construction, and Salinity. The contributors are brought to you by Peak Senior Living and produced by Salinity Marketing. Welcome to Bridge the Gap Podcast, the Senior Living Podcast with Josh and Lucas. We're in San Diego at the Spring Knit Conference, and we're having a great time with a great guest. We want to welcome Leon Grunstein. You're the founder and the CEO of Gen Care Lifestyle up in Seattle. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me here. I'm really excited to be on your podcast. We are excited to have you because you didn't just start in senior living last week. You've been around a little while, seen a few things, done a few things, and now you have a completely new venture with Gen Care in Seattle in multiple ways. Give our listeners some background and maybe give us some origin stories of why you started Gen Care and what makes it so unique. Well, I've been in the industry for many years now, probably 30. And what I saw in the evolution of the industry was people were just being warehoused. And that bothered me because people didn't really want to live there and they wanted to avoid living in senior housing. I wanted to make people's lives better. And so I ironically thought of when I was a camper, 13, 12, 10 years old, I said, what did I do every day? It was like being retired, but I was only 10. And so every day I looked forward to playing with my friends, doing sports, going to arts and crafts, or just hanging out and being social. When people reach a certain age and they're retired, they still want the same things. So I wanted an environment where they could be healthy, socialize, stay fit, eat good food, and have a great time and improve their lives. And so the last years of their lives could be an experience they look forward to. Wow. Sign me up. Sign me up, right? (laughs) That sounds amazing. I really thought about it and I took some time off because I had a, a life change. I got a divorce and I was trying to figure out what to do and what I wanted to do in senior living. So I figured what would make me happy, what makes people happy, and what makes their lives better. So I said, being physically fit, eating well, having a social environment, because we humans are social animals and we do better when we're talking to people and interacting with people. And we all want purpose in life too. So I wanted to provide a programmatic system that gave them purpose and they felt they achieved something and they still had value in the world. And so we just focused on that and implemented a program where the staff were really excited about it and they felt that they were actually making a contribution to people's lives. Fitness-wise, we've had people come in in wheelchairs and walkers and we provide a personal trainer free of charge in the buildings or certified and they've helped people lose the walker, get out of the wheelchair, graduate to a walker or a cane, and they're ecstatic that they can move around again and do a lot of things they used to do that they couldn't do now. 
but they're back doing active things. And then when they're eating better, they have more energy to be active. And then when they're more active because they're moving around and eating better, they want to be more social because they have more energy. So they get to talk to people. They're feeling better. Their bodies feel better. And then lastly, they want purpose because now I feel great. I'm eating great. I'm sleeping better. Let's go have a real reason for being around. And this kind of lifestyle promotes that. And we've found that people live longer since we instituted this program in our buildings. We originally, were, they were living two, three years. Now they're living three to four years on an average for our buildings. And it's miraculous on the benefits we, we bring to the the people live in our communities. Well, you kind of uh, passed over that statistic of the average length of stay pretty passively, but that's a huge deal. Uh, that's a huge impact. And I remember, I, I don't know how many months ago it was when I first heard you talking about this over dinner. We were right, actually having right, dinner, dinner together. One of the things I remember you specifically talking about, there's so many aspects to your program. We could talk all day about it, but Tell our listeners a little bit about the dining program. I thought that was very interesting, your approach to that. So could you break that down a little for us? Yeah, I'd be happy to. What we like to do is use whole and organic foods. We don't make foods that have a lot of preservatives or chemicals in them because we know they're bad for your body. 95% of our food product is prepared on site. So you know it's fresh. We control the quality of it. You just get more benefit as a human being out of it. You know, when you eat better, your heart runs better. You manage cholesterol. You actually manage cancer. You have more energy. Your heart works better. You get more blood to the brain, so you're thinking better, and you just feel better in general. You don't have these huge crashes with sugar or carb crashes. Uh, You're more steady and feel better every day because you're eating healthy food. But we also instituted a full gluten-free program. We're members of GIG, which is Gluten Intolerance Group. It's a national organization that we are tested every year for having the proper marking of food that has gluten-free so we don't contaminate the gluten with the non-gluten because if you have celiac disease and if you get any dusting of food that has gluten in it, you can have an episode that sometimes could be fatal. And we also have a training program for all our staff where they learn what gluten-free means. And the gig, Gluten Intolerant Group, comes in every year and they inspect our kitchens to make sure all the food's separated and the non-contamination issues are covered. And they give a written test to the staff that they have to pass. And if one building doesn't pass the test, none of the buildings are certified. And that happened one year, and we had to retake the test before we got the certification. So staff are proud of that because it's not just, uh, you know, you send in 500 bucks and you get a certificate. You really have to pass a test that's meaningful. The third thing is we've instituted a full vegetarian menu. People today, both kids and residents, are into watching their food. They know sometimes animal protein isn't the best for them and they want to be sensitive to that. So we provide a full menu of vegetarian food that is not just a salad and will hold the chicken. We have full menus with tofu, tempeh, well as vegetables and fruits. And so they can get a full complement of protein and nutrients and vitamins when they eat the vegetarian meal. Wow. And we also limit the amount of sugar 
that we put in desserts and products like that. Some cases we'll use allulose, which is a sugar substitute, or we make sure that all our fruit that's canned is in natural juices, not in a heavy syrup. We pay attention to details. Is there anybody else in the industry that does this? None that I know of. Hearing loss can have a tremendous impact on our lives. Balance issues, physical and cognitive comorbid conditions, and other social determinants of care are just a few examples. One of the more profound impacts is the ability to engage with the world around us. Hamilton Captel bridges the gap between someone with hearing loss and those most important in our lives by providing captions of what's said during a phone conversation. With solutions for home, work, and while on the go, Hamilton Captel has been delivering captions of phone calls with confidence, clarity, and accuracy for more than 20 years. Learn more about Hamilton Captel and eligibility requirements at hamiltoncaptel.com. Well, I'll tell you one of the things that I love about our industry, me and Lucas have talked about this, but you have exemplified this even in, in the first time you were explaining this, we were in a room of, I don't know, 30 to 50, I would say thought leaders in the industry around dinner. And you were just openly, candidly sharing all the secret sauce, for lack of a better term. And, and that's something beautiful about our industry is people sharing what they're thinking, what's working, what their challenges are and things like that. But I'm curious, something I didn't ask you about the first time we talked about this was one thing I've experienced is, you know, when you talk about doing something that's not really being done or maybe not been done before in an industry, specifically like senior living, like what you're doing, what kind of obstacles have you come into and hurdles that you've had to overcome or challenges? Or if you're speaking to that operator that's out there, it's like, wow, that's a great initiative. How could we take a walk down that pathway, what should they be prepared to be committed to if you want to walk this path, so to speak? When I started this, I started with food. We had to create a menu and figure out where to order this type of food. So I actually went to a nationally known school in Seattle, college, that is a naturopathic university. We went to their culinary department and we had sat down with them and they worked out a menu with us. And it took about a year to figure out each item on the menu, where you could get it, how difficult it was to make, because you had to have a recipe and we needed to have it not too complex because you're cooking for a lot of people. And so that took about a year in and of itself. And we're a small company. And if you're a larger company and you want to implement this kind of program, it's an enormous task. And it's not just getting the menus together and the recipes, but you have to implement it. You have to find a purveyor who's going to provide you the food or several purveyors. And then you have to control your kitchens, the chefs, the cooks, the prep cooks, to implement the recipes and control the ingredients and not try and cut corners. Well, well the canned fruit with the heavy syrups cheaper than the canned fruit with the natural juices, so I'm going to buy that and I'll look good on my budget. Well, we don't really promote that. We'd rather have the right thing. We'll pay a little bit more for the food, but we deliver what we say we're going to do. My staff are very prideful about that. And that's, that's one area that really is taking a lot of effort. And in a large company, I think it is really, even medium-sized company, I think it'd be really 
time consuming and difficult to implement and control. Well, I'm curious because you talked about the team. I know you've talked so much about the rich culture you guys have. We've obviously heard the impact of the average length of stay, which I think is a huge statistic in support of this model. When so many operators, I think, are trying to figure out how to remove responsibility and remove task and scale back what the team members are having to do, your model sounds like, wow, we're raising the bar. Our team is really getting in there and doing a lot, but it sounds like it's actually having a positive impact and you're taking a little bit of an opposite approach to what many operators are doing to the labor challenges. Tell me about that approach and that strategy, how you're seeing that even in the recruitment of team members. People who want to work in our industry want to have some job satisfaction and purpose. It's not just, I'm going in, collect my paycheck, go home. This generation of workers, and, and some older ones, really want to feel that they've had an impact. And when we, we provide a meaningful outcome for our residents and really care about them, that gives them a feeling of pride of what they're doing. They have a relationship with the residents and they feel that they're doing good for the residents and not just serving them a plate of food or going to the gym. We're actually making your life better. You're going to live longer, healthier. You're going to enjoy yourself better. And there's a great deal of satisfaction in seeing that and the appreciation the residents give back to the staff is really gratifying. And we've had staff who've stayed there for years just because of our program philosophy. I love it. Positive outcomes for the live and the work environment. Lucas, is very exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. And I think as we round out the conversation, let's talk about the future. I would presume that an aspect of why the success is successful is the region that you're in, Seattle Marketplace, Pacific Northwest, obviously totally different culture as far as food is concerned, wellness is concerned as contrast that with like maybe the deep South where you and I have probably been raised. It's like biscuit poisoning. Yeah, I've got biscuit poisoning. Biscuits and fried chicken. <laughs> and uh, where I am, it's tacos and brisket barbecue, which you can clearly see that I eat a lot of. Um, as we age, you know, this is a very important aspect of wellness and well-being. And wellness to me, I'm seeing a trend. It's not just the Pacific Northwest. This is a trend that has really gone across the country and obviously globally, where you say that maybe you're the only one doing this now. As you look out into the future, do you think that this is going to be a much more marketed thing, a much more widespread use where the market's going to demand this type of access to high quality, nutritious food? Yeah, I believe it is. It's not just the current generation that's moving into the retirement homes. But the children and the loved ones of the people who live in our communities are much more aware of this type of food, the impact of food and exercise and socialization. So when they're helping someone or they're counseling someone, their parent or loved one, they're going to look at this and it's going to resonate with them. We've had several people who just chose us because we have a trainer. They've just had hip surgery or knee replacement and they wanna continue the rehab with our training program. They know the food, they're overweight, and they know they've been eating bad food at home because they don't cook anymore and they buy this canned stuff or pre-made stuff that's full of calories and this changes their lives. We've had people lose weight. They're more active when they're less heavy and they can move around better and helps them think better and feel better, manages diabetes, manages cancer, You sleep better when you're not feeling all drugged up by calories and hollow 
chemicals that don't do anything for you. So it, there's just so many benefits of it. And I think every five years, there's a new iteration of people who come through the system. They have different expectations. And every five years, as it seemed that they become more sophisticated, partly from technology, partly from education about food, exercise, socialization, probably don't know what it's going to be like. The next wave is five, 10 years. We don't know what's going to happen. Something will happen, but to be nimble enough to adjust is where GenCare wants to be. And we feel you know, prideful in being able to adjust to these types of cultural changes. And that's a great point because you mentioned nimble and also you mentioned earlier how difficult it would probably be to make this kind of change in a huge operation. You guys are small and nimble and scrappy to be able to do this. Do you think a lot of the things that you are doing at your community can be scaled to be able to make kind of a broad sweeping change across the industry? Or is this something that's going to have to be very localized and individual operators are going to have to just buy into it in small campuses? The most difficult part is it has to be inculcated in your culture. To bring, for example, the food into a large company, you have to have buy-in from the people who prepare the menus, the people who cook the food, people who serve the food. All these things have to come together. Management has to be willing to control that and have an ability to to watch over it so people don't cut corners or blow it off. And in a large company, to turn the ship would be an enormous task, and I'm not so sure it could be effectively pulled off across all their communities. Now, in a smaller 20, 10 community uh, company, I think it'd be easier, but it's still going to take a lot of work. You have turnover in staff, and you got to train the new staff. You have to have them buy into it. You have to have the staff that stays be willing to train and pass on that information. Management has to be on top of it too. It's You can't just let it go. If management doesn't care, the buildings, the staff in the building don't care. So it has to run from the top down. If you don't have that commitment, it's not going to work. What an interesting take. What an interesting concept. I know, Lucas, there's been some seeds planted in our listeners' minds. Thank you so much for the commitment to the industry, being innovative, and all the things that you're doing. I can't wait for our listeners to connect and be following you and the influence that you're making. It's very positive. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, It was a pleasure speaking with you, and I don't get often a chance to get this wide swath of people listening to what we do and GenCare is very proud of what we do. We're not showy, but we sure like to send out the message. And thank you for having me on your show. Uh, Leon, we're honored. And and I, I really think this is important. I think that what you're doing and giving access to this level of nutrition and wellness in a real true way, not just some surface flyer that uh, a lot of people do. You're really committed to this. We appreciate you. And so to our listeners, if this resonates with you, we'd love to continue this conversation. We're going to be posting on social media about this topic, wellness. And we'll also connect with Leon and Gen Care, his company up in the Seattle area, six and one coming up. So six, seven communities and growing. I'm sure that if you are interested in this type of being a part of a team that's committed like that, we'll have uh, Leon in the notes section. And then also you can go to btgvoice.com, access this content and much more. Connect with us on LinkedIn, send us a message. Let us know how you found Bridge the Gap and we want to connect with you. Thanks for listening to another great episode of Bridge the Gap. 
Thanks for listening to Bridge the Gap podcast with Josh and Lucas. Connect with the BTG Network team and use your voice to influence the industry by connecting with us at btgvoice.com.